welcome to our podcast, COP26 and the Journey to Change, a podcast brought to you by Visit Scotland's business events team. COP26 is all about change, the vital and necessary change we need to make not just as individuals, but as communities, countries and continents, the global journey of change to address climate change and its impact. In this podcast, we will be discussing how the issues of change and sustainability affect the business events sector, and also how business events can help bring about the change that we need. We will be questioning what we can learn from COP26 and what our industry can do to change itself. And we'll be examining the COP26 programme themes, including energy, nature, youth and science, to find those crucial intersections where business events can make a difference and help achieve the outcomes of COP26 and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. At Visit Scotland, we believe that business events are more than just meetings. We believe business events can be catalysts for social and economic change. As Scotland welcomes COP26, we welcome you to our podcast. Stay tuned, follow for new updates and enjoy. Welcome everyone, the session's about to begin. Please take your seat and make yourself comfortable. Please ensure your tea and coffee is topped up and feel free to shut down your emails and enjoy the session. Today, we will be discussing finance. To help us in our discussions, we are delighted to be joined by Sven Bosu, CEO of the International Association of Convention Centres. And our guest host today is Rory Archibald. Well, welcome Sven and thank you very much for joining us and welcome to everybody tuning in to listen to this podcast. We're delighted that you've joined us again. Sven, let's just dive right in and you know you work for the AIPC. Can you tell me a little bit more about the organisation and your role just for any of our listeners out there who may not be familiar with it? Yeah, absolutely. So AIPC is the International Association of Convention Centres. We represent about 180 venues or convention centres in 60 countries worldwide. Now, convention centres at the AIPC, it's really dedicated facilities who do exhibitions and congresses. So it's not your meeting room and hotel space, it's really dedicated facilities. What AIPC does for them is three things. We deliver professional education, which is really focused on the needs of those convention centres. We do quality standards and we also do research. Uh, so those are the three pillars of service we give to them. What I do as CEO is, is coordinate the activities, liaise with the members, but also liaise with the business partners who are really important for delivering everything we need to do uh, during the year. Brilliant. And you know, organisations such as yourself, and I think we were both at um, PCMA, EMEA recently, um, you know, they're absolutely critical in this age of coming out of COVID, coming out of a pandemic and addressing sustainability that you know, collaboration and research are one of the most important things we can do um, as an industry and organisations um, such as yours play a really pivotal part in you know, bringing the, the community together to fight these world challenges that we're currently facing. 
A lot of the venues and organizations that are members of the AIPC um, are doing some incredible things for sustainability. What kind of sort of investments do organizations need to make in order to accelerate that plan of tackling climate change? The very first investment they need to do is obtain the data and the figures, get their figures and facts right. What is the current state? Uh, Sustainability-wise, what is the target you want to go for? And that's clearly becoming carbon zero by 2050. And in between that as is and to be situation, you need to create a roadmap. So the first investment is actually doing a research on your own facility. Mm -hmm. And then I think you will have some low-hanging fruit. Is it is indeed switching to renewable energy, making sure that you use as much as possible solar energy, things like that. So so those are the investments. But to be honest, those are going to be on a case-by-case business. There there is not one size fits all for all the facilities. You have smaller facilities, bigger facilities. In some cases, it might actually be difficult for a facility to move to renewable energy because simply there is no renewable energy available in that region. But I think for every facility, there is a possibility to become carbon zero, taking into account the circumstances. Yeah, it's a really good point. So I think, you know, for example, like here in Scotland, we have PNG Live in Aberdeen, which is currently one of the UK's and one of the world's most um, sustainable venues as they have their own renewable energy site um, on site. I'm not entirely sure that's the correct phrase, but yes, they have energy site on site that powers their facility, but also all of the hotels that were built at the same time. However, across the UK and across the world, there are also legacy conference centres that were maybe built in the 1970s and 1980s, where where that hasn't been a consideration. So there's massive work that still needs to be done. But yeah, absolutely. Finding out exactly where you are um, and doing your own research to then figure out where you need to get to um, is going to be absolutely paramount. Can you give us some examples of any member organisations that have invested to future-proof their business? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go for different elements. If you look at renewable energy, I think one great example is Palexpo, uh, which is based in Geneva. And they're sitting very close to uh, the lake, Lac Le And as you know, the lake goes a little bit up and down every day. And they use that energy, so the hydraulic energy, to power their entire building. So their entire building is powered by hydro energy, which is truly amazing. If you look at something completely different, uh, we had just went to Viparis in Paris. They have on the roof of their uh, facility, they have created a garden, which is really a vegetable garden and all the vegetables they use, they, they, they make on that roof. They don't only use them for their own catering services, but actually all the real restaurants around the facility are using the vegetables from those gardens. And so you can actually sit on a terrace, enjoy a, a very nice meal and the waiter will say to you, well, those vegetables are coming from the roof. And so you shrink the entire supply line uh, for vegetables drastically doing that. It's that type of investment which is really amazing and which has an immediate impact. And what is good about it is that it also gives back to the community in which the facility is embedded, because that's also really important. That's fantastic. It's also kind of two sides of the scales. One, you know, the hydro energy is going to require a huge investment to get that kind of that set up from the build element, and even more investment if it's retrofitted. However, the garden on the roof seems like it's more of an achievable and um, sustainable aim to do. As I know that there's a few hotels and a few venues in Scotland that um, have perhaps like maybe not done a full garden on the roof, but they have honeybees on the roof. Um, so one, helping the natural environment, but also providing delicious honey 
accompaniments <laughs> to breakfast. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's absolutely, you know, I love the Paris example of um, the garden because that's literally farm to plate within a few a few metres rather than even a, a few kilometres. And absolutely, the give back to the community is, is so important. And I know that organisations like ICA and PCMA are really driving that community give back and that community involvement um, within the business events sector. So those are some really great examples, but there will be organisations out there that don't quite know where to start in terms of making their organisations more sustainable. Do you have any advice or any examples of how maybe organisations can make small but crucial investments to, well, to future-proof their business again, but also make themselves more sustainable and part of the solution to climate crisis? Well, I, th- I think if you look at uh, energy low-hanging fruit, as in the majority of the cases, you can indeed switch to renewable energy. That's, that's a given. You just need to do that. But it's also you know, making sure that the building is isolated, that, for example, if you have air conditioning, that you use it in the correct way. It's all little things like that, which would help. Just to give you an example, um, I was doing years and years ago a big event in Dubai. And normally during build-up, the doors are open because the lorries, et cetera, need to come in. And we had German engineers asking, well, we need air conditioning while it's 40 degrees outside and doors were wide open. No, you're not going to do that, period. Independently of the customer demand, from a sustainability point of view, you simply can't do that. I think if you look back 15 to 20 years ago, there wouldn't have been any problem. It would be the time of request where we say, oh, no, it's 40 degrees outside, we're going to open the doors, and we're going to push the air closer so that you can work in a nice 20-degree sure. environment. No, we're not going to do that anymore, right? That's a really good example. And you look, particularly when you look at the exhibition industry, there are so many changes that have happened even just in the last five years, never mind in the last you know, 20, 30 years. I suppose when you look at climate change, it is one of these massive, terrifying things, potentially, if you don't fully understand it. But it's all about breaking it down into bite-sized chunks, into small steps that you can take. Um, and it's surprising, you know, the the huge amount of change that can happen just with small individual changes within your own organisation. And just just really practical examples are, are other things. Now, we, we all go to conferences a lot. We all still receive those badges. Well, recuperate the badges and make sure that the material is being reused. The same for stand building. Now, I remember the, the, the very first event I did, at the end of the show, we took all the valuables out of the exhibition space and actually we pulled in a bulldozer and all the rest was waste. Those are things which are not happening anymore. Now, if you look at the Toronto Convention Center, overall waste has been reduced to 2%. Wow. 2%. That is close to nothing. If you look at Excel, um, food waste is, is another one of the big challenges we have, not only mm-hmm. as, as convention centers, as society as a whole. Food waste has been drastically reduced at Excel. And if everything which is left is being recovered via a, a compost system they have internally. Sure. So there, there are different ways. Indeed, you don't need to go for the hydraulic energy system. You don't need to put solar panels on the roof. You can indeed, to your point, with little things like badge recuperation, by reducing waste, uh, by making sure that you don't throw away food, there's a lot you can do already, which has a very tangible and immediate impact on your sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think it was only a few years ago, and I didn't realise this at the time, but for some of the major exhibitions we attended, the carpets that were supplied would just be thrown to landfill. And now, a few years later, they are being repurposed or being used again and again. But the idea that those carpets, which I think has now become a, a bit of a, a symbol of what the industry, where it was and where it's come to, um, but the idea that those carpets be thrown out every single time 
is phenomenal. I mean, imagine throwing out your carpet at home after every party you have. That's just not sustainable at all. One, for the environment and two, for your, your bank account. You have a very rigorous application process um, to be a member of the AIPC. How do sustainability credentials rank as a deciding factor for applicants? I'm going to be perfectly transparent here, Rory. There's still a lot of work to be done at our side to include that into the criteria. So if you look at it for the moment, that our criteria is mainly about it's the purpose built, it needs to be for conventions, it needs to be focused on attracting international business. The sustainability component is not articulated enough in our criteria, and that is something that we, we are discussing for the moment at board level on how to integrate this, which will go in parallel with going to COP26 in two weeks' time and saying, well, we as an industry, we pledge to become carbon neutral. Well, at the same time, we will need to say, and as a part of that pledge, our criteria for becoming a member will change as well. And, you know, I think, you know, we, we both spoke at PCMA recently and, you know, one of the things we said was, you know, we're not experts in this and this is a continuously ever-evolving journey where we're going to be learning things, maybe um, not even on a yearly basis, but on a monthly basis of what we need to do as an industry to get there. And I think that, you know, step one is recognising that there are vast improvements that need to be made across the entire sector and across every DMO, such as Visit Scotland, across every convention bureau and every industry association, um, you know, with a attending COP26 and making those pledges. I mean, that is, you know, although everyone has been doing efforts for sustainability, that's a major milestone in moving forward. Well, Sven, I think it's time for a coffee. I think we've both worked hard enough and we need that Americano or a latte. So come with me and we'll go grab a coffee in the coffee room. Excellent. Please make your way to the foyer where tea and coffee will be waiting for you. We'll see you back here soon. Don't be late. We won't wait for you. So Sven, that was lots of really powerful messages, really serious messages. Let's keep it a little bit more lighthearted this time and let's see if we can help some of our fellow colleagues out there or particularly maybe even people starting the industry. What advice would you give to somebody who's just beginning in this wonderful world of business events? Be open-minded. Um, I think that's that's the most important thing. Our business is about people. It's about making sure that they're feeling at ease, that they're feeling comfortable. That is our focus as an industry. And in order to do so, you need to be open-minded. You need to be open to different cultures, different ways of doing. There is no such thing as, as a one truth. Um, I'm an anthropologist. Um, actually, all the stuff I learned as an anthropologist are coming in handy almost every day in this beautiful industry. So yeah, for me, that's the key, open-mindedness. The second um, advice I would give is find you a mentor. That's really important as well. Find somebody who is senior in the industry who can give you insights on how things are evolving, changing, because that's, that's really important as well, to have that human touch. Yeah, absolutely. I think the open-mindedness is paramount. I mean, our industry, we deal with people from all walks of life and all industries, um, you know, anything from academia through to corporate. Um, I like to say that I know very little about a lot of different things from all the conversations we've had over the years. And absolutely mentors, I mean, it doesn't even have to be an official thing. It could just be somebody that you meet up with at every event and have a coffee with, or you meet in the bar and have a drink with uh, to get some feedback or get some advice. It's, um, it's definitely been paramount in my career so far. 
I'm going to give you this next question, but I won't ask for the answer immediately because you might have to think about it. But if you were to choose one person, either dead or alive, that you'd love to see as a keynote speaker, let us know what it is. But I'll ask you another question first so you can play with that one in, in the back of your mind. We were both recently at, at PCMA, so it was great to be back to a face-to-face PCMA event. I think that network there are all family. It was so good to see everybody. As people are coming back to meeting face-to-face, what would you recommend people take to a conference um, or a meeting? Go there well prepared. Make sure that, okay, who will attend, who are the person I really want to meet, um, and just make that happen. And, and don't be overambitious. Don't think, I'm going to meet up with 20 people. It's not going to happen. Because everybody's so eager to meet each other back after all that time. But just make sure that you have met those two or three people you really want to catch up with. I think that's the key one. Absolutely. Go prepared. And the other thing is, and that I always tell this to, to people who are new in the industry, bring comfortable shoes. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, were, uh, we went to the meeting show in London a few months ago and all my female colleagues were all saying we're never wearing high heels ever again it's going to be flat shoes and trainers at all the trade shows at all the meetings and i have to say i agree with them i'm never wearing my high heels ever again to a trade show or a conference <laughs> but you're right and i kind of made an effort at the last meeting i went to to sit at a different lunch table away from my friends and just completely go and interfere in other people's conversations because you know you're sat down for lunch there's only maybe eight of you at a table you have a captive audience who kind of have to listen to you or you have to listen to them and that's it was a great way to make some friends so three days of lunches and three different tables and three different conversations from all different nationalities it was fantastic Uh, the world is opening back up let's go back to that little question a little curveball if you could choose one person dead or alive to be a keynote speaker who would it be jim hansen oh Um, he's one of my heroes the inventor of amongst others the the mabacha but he was such a creative person. I really would like to have a conversation with him on how he created this universe from, you know, Kermit and Peggy and uh, Bradford and Wolfler sitting on the balcony and giving comments and all that. How did he do that? And how did he engage with his, his collaborators to, to create this universe? I think he would be a great speaker. That is such a good one. Yeah, Jim Hansen. I didn't even... I've not thought about him for age, but you're right. I mean, the Muppets was a childhood favourite of mine, and yeah, really? it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's imagination or or absolutely craziness, but yes, <laughs> that's incredible. Well, I think I hear the bell ringing for us to to head back into the session. Let's finish these coffees and we'll head back in. And I hear that the the speaker and the moderator are fantastic. So I'll see you back in there. Okay, see you in a sec. (laughs) Boo! Boo! That was the worst thing I ever heard. It was terrible. Horrendous. Well, it wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah? Oh, there are parts of it I liked. Yeah, I liked a lot of it. Yeah, it was good. It was great. It was wonderful. Oh, bravo! More! 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 The next session is about to begin. Please make your way back to the auditorium. You're coming to COP26 and I'm just wondering what is it from an industry perspective and perhaps more a personal perspective, what do you want to see coming out of COP26? You know, what would be a successful meeting of world leaders afterwards? What would that look like to you? From a professional point of view, um, 
what I would like to see at COP26 is on the one hand, a recognition that our industry is already taking steps into the right direction and has done substantial investment to make it so. Uh, but also that we create the momentum um, to continue that movement and to reinforce those investments because there's still a long way to go. So it's, it's two things. It's recognition and reinforcing the momentum. From a strictly personal point of view, I think this COP26 is so important simply because it's about the future of my children. They're 15 and 17 years old. If we don't do something, their lives are going to be dramatically impacted. So we need to address the challenges. Um, and from AFC, IPA, UFI, we are trying to do this at our level. I think that's the great thing about COP26. It's bringing everybody together to make this happen. And I do hope so much that by the end of COP26, we will have that, that moment again, as we did in Paris, yes, we have come to an agreement. Yes, we're ambitious enough. And yes, we're going to make sure that the lives of our children will have the same quality as we had over uh, our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of things going on at the moment where it's about survival of the industry and showcasing the industry as a leader within climate change, sustainability, social sustainability. But, you know, my niece is five, my godson is 10. And, you know, my whole reason for doing, being in this industry and, and going down this route has completely changed over the last few years. Um, that it's all about making sure that they have as bright a future, if not brighter than we have all had. And the same opportunities or even better opportunities than we have and we have a, a responsibility. Um, I was at a 10x event in Vienna recently and one of the quotes I've taken away and I'm stealing and I'm adding into all of my presentations is we are responsible for all of our actions. We are even more responsible for our inactions and that's something that I think the industry needs to take on board. And I think we are doing great things, but we need to make sure we don't rest on our laurels and make sure we're continuously innovating and moving forward to create that better world for everyone. I fully agree with you on that, Rory. And I think if, if you look at, at the event industry, what is good about it now is that sustainability is not an option anymore, right? If you look at our customers, the event organizers, they will simply not come to your venue if you don't have a green plan. Period. And if you look at our investors and shareholders, they say, well, if you don't have a green fan, we will not invest in you anymore. So we're sitting between this rock and a hard place. But I think for sustainability and achieving it, that is the perfect place for convention centers and for the event industry as well. Yeah. So, yes, I think we've got to do it. Absolutely. You know, if, if we don't do it, um, then we get left behind and we suddenly become irrelevant. But having said that, the opportunity is incredible and the opportunity to create a different world uh, through the business events industry through meeting face to face is going to be phenomenal as long as we're all doing our playing our part in society <laughs> i think it's also part of the entire process if, if you don't get people together to discuss this type of things and to discuss the type of collaboration we need with all due respect and that's also what cop 26 is showing they have tried to do it digitally it does not work you need to come together to make this type of, of change happen so yes Absolutely. I think it's Sheriff from PCMA says, meet face to face to see eye to eye. And I think we're, we are maybe a little bit biased since we're in the industry, but I fully, fully believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, Sven, we have unfortunately ran out of time. I feel that went really quickly, but really powerful. And thank you so much for taking your time. And thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. To our listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. We are daily, so please come back tomorrow for some powerful conversations and to discuss how we're changing the world through meeting face to face. Thank you. Yeah.
this brings our session to a close. We hope you've enjoyed it and will join us again next time when we'll be discussing energy. Thank you for attending today's session. See you soon.